the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and former CEO of Disney. Well, not really, but I'm going to fix Disney today. Uh, along with your help. I don't know if you've seen that story, but CEO of Disney, Bob Chapek, was fired by Disney's board on Sunday night. They met on Sunday night, replaced him with the former CEO, Bob Iger. And uh, what has this got to do with anything? Well, we're going to take a look at some things that I think actually we can apply even to ourselves as far as what's going on in that company, just so that we can have even a little bit better tomorrow. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow And tomorrow's just a dream away Do you remember that song? That was, that's an old Disney song. They used to have it in, in Tomorrowland. That was the Tomorrowland theme, and they played it in, the, in some of the rides that, I get it, they were kind of dated, but they were fun. They were, like, fun, and they could sit on that little spinning house. That What was the, the Carousel of Progress, they called it. You can still go in there. There's all kinds of weird things in there. and uh, But uh, America Sings, that's what it was. And it would go around, and that's what, they changed it to that. Before that, they had that song. It was about Tomorrowland. Well, according to uh, the L.A. Times, and welcome again to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. You can join our conversation, 888-528-2557. According to the L.A. Times on Monday, the Disney board came to the conclusion that they were losing the heart and soul of the company according to a longtime Disney observer who was not authorized to comment publicly. You know, I'm not sure of what they meant by that, but I can tell you this. I'm not sure that Bob Iger is the solution, but parents know something. If you're a parent, you know something. You know that Disney is no longer a kid-friendly company. Not the way it was. It's not the same as it was, You, you and you know that if you're a parent. Right. And this is the kind of thing, the thing that that Disney is afraid of that might be happening. Now, they might not be talking about this. They might be so far into the bubble that they're in that has caused Disney to lose 40 percent of its market share. Okay, 40 percent of of Disney's value is gone in 2022. That's why uh, the CEO's getting fired. And uh, they're bringing in the old guy who grew the company. But I'm not really sure that uh, he's going to deal with this, this because I think it's bigger. And I think it's really important because even for a company like Disney, with all the history that they have, you can lose the heart and soul. And you know what? Even for us in the church, we can lose the heart and soul of who we are, who we're supposed to be. You can lose sight of your mission. And, you know, what usually happens is you replace it with some kind of internal perspective that actually sounds good, but it misses the point. All right. Does that make sense? I think that's what's happened with Disney. I think that the fact that so many of you who are parents or grandparents that the idea that Disney is no longer a company that you can trust with your kids, not in the same way. You can trust a little bit, but not in the same way. Okay, It used to be, it used to be that I could 
tell my kids if they want to watch something on TV, go to Disney Plus, pick something, and that'll be fine. Not anymore. Now I'm going to go look at it and I'm going to watch it first and maybe I'm going to say, no, you can't watch that. And there are so many things going on with questions about, do you, you know, how, you know, what is, what's going on for, for kids? And this matters. And I'll, I'll take you through that kind of with some things in Disney. And I think it matters. It matters to us in Southern California where it's such a big thing, of course, Disneyland. And I know that a lot of people, Christians in particular, are questioning whether or not they ought to go to Disneyland. Is this something that is off the list? See, and just the fact that we're having this discussion, that's the Disney part where they're losing the heart and soul of the company. That didn't used to be a thing. It's definitely a thing now. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557. How are you feeling about it? Does it matter to you one way or another? Are they just a company? Or if you're a parent or a grandparent, have you changed your mind or do you have reservations about Disney? What do they need to do to fix it? 888-528-2557. Maybe you're going to Disneyland uh, this week. Your kids are off. And I'm not telling you not to go, but I'm, I'm pointing out that there is a problem. But when we're looking at the problem of another, you know, another organization, there are definitely questions that we should ask ourselves. And this is the question. Are Christians also living in a bubble? I think that what we're going to see with Disney is that, and I'll give you a couple of examples here in a minute, that there are people who live in a bubble where they're trying to please a very small number of people, but they think it's a really big number of people, but it isn't. And that's why they're in trouble. I think that any organization can do this. And I think that Christians do this sometimes. You know, we're, you know, sometimes I wonder if we're unable to understand whether or not we're actually having an impact on the lives of others with what we do. It's a challenging question because I think the answer is hard. The answer might mean we have to change what we're doing or we have to stop doing something that we love to do if it's, if it's not really working, meaning it's not really working for the mission. Um, back to Disney. According to the LA Times Monday, the board came to the conclusion, the Disney board, that they were losing the heart and soul of the company. Okay. And that is something I think that is true. I don't know how they, they mean it. Yeah, but it used to be on, on the Disney Plus thing. Do you have that? They even censored some movies that were on there. Do you know that they like took out some language or they took out some things that would be questionable for kids? The kind of thing that if your kid was just watching it, you know, if they had a naked person or something in the movie and it's like, you know what? I don't want my uh, eight-year-old clicking on that and watching that. And uh, I think the movie's safe, but I forgot about that scene. Disney took it out. It's not on there or it didn't used to be. I mean, that's how concerned they were about kids. That in the last few years has gone away. I don't know if they're still doing that on the channel. They might be, but uh, it's pretty significant. In June, Disney extended their former, now former CEO, Bob Chapek's contract for an additional three years, just just last June, noting that his leadership was, quote, keeping Disney on the successful path that it's on today. But the thing is, is it's not on a successful path right now. As hard as it is to say that. I love Disneyland. My, we used to have Disney passes. We used to do it all the time. Uh, my wife and I, when we were first married, we had Disney passes. And it was great. You just drive over there for the day. You know, and, and they were cheap, relatively speaking. The first time we bought Disney passes, I got the the best pass you could get. And this, we're talking about 2001, okay, for $250 each for all year round access and free parking and 10% off all the mer- merchandise and food. I got them for, they were $350, but there was a $100 off coupon that was part of a 12-pack of Coca-Cola. You could cut that out, and there you go. I mean, that was amazing. 
man, Christy and I, we would just go. We'd go to Disneyland and just hang out on Main Street and watch all the shows, and we would go and just enjoy that together. And even when we first had kids and they were kind of old enough to enjoy it, you know, Grandma would help us out or somebody would help us out, but we'd get passes. If you're going to go, you'd, you'd do the math, and it would be, you know, I'm going to uh, do the math here, and if we're planning to go three times this year anyway, then I might as well get the annual pass. Well, number one, I can't afford it anymore because they're outrageously expensive, the same kind of passes. But number two, uh, I don't know that I would afford it. Do you have a thought about this? Have have you do you agree that Disney has kind of lost the heart and soul? Is this a conversation you're having? Or are you kind of wondering what to do? Or maybe you don't think it matters at all. What do you think? 888-528-2557. Um, here's the thing about Disney not being in a successful path. Um, saying that it's on a successful path, like they told their CEO who they just fired three months ago, they just they told him three months ago that it was on a successful path. Saying that doesn't mean it's true. It's a publicly traded company. It needs to be profitable. And when it's not, it needs to instill confidence to investors that things are going to turn around. Let me share something with you. And this is good for anything that you're doing in your life. Things tend to turn around when you focus on the actual true mission for why you're doing the thing that you're doing. Does that make sense? Like when you really focus on the things that actually matter, when your time is spent on the most important reason that your company exists or your project exists or your marriage exists or your your role as a parent or grandparent exists, things tend to turn around when you focus on doing the right things the right way. The original mission of, of the Walt Disney Company, Walt Disney's original vision for Disneyland was this, that it would be a place where parents and children could have fun together. That's it that it would be a place where parents and children could have fun together. And then the movies and the animation, um, you know, all of that stuff, they were extensions of the same idea. It was for kids, but it was also something that adults would enjoy. Okay, so when they ever they put out the Snow White movie, it was for kids. It's a cartoon, but they did it in a way that was also for adults, that adults would also enjoy, that you didn't have to put up with something that was just for little kids, but it was something that the kids would like. And that was part of the the magic of it. That was the vision. And that was the mission. And you know what? It was about the customers, and they knew that the customers were primarily children. And I think that's kind of what's being lost at Disney. You know, why do the superheroes in the Marvel movies that are Disney, Disney movies, why do the superheroes curse in those movies? Have you seen those movies? My children have pointed out that the superheroes, the good guys in those movies curse more than the bad guys in those movies. Why is that? I wonder. See, the thing is, is that that's not kid-friendly or parent-friendly. Okay, there are parents who are irritated that they have to explain curse words to their kids. So the kids go and they're like eight or nine years old, and they've heard the curse words before, and probably they've heard them from mom and dad, but they've heard them from friends or they've heard them from somebody. But they go to a Disney movie and the parent thinks, yeah, you can go to that, we'll go see that movie. And then all of a sudden they've got words or gestures or other things that they they have to explain all of a sudden. See, that makes parents uncomfortable. That makes me as a parent think, you know what, I'm not going to go see that movie. I'm not going to send my kids there. That wasn't the way it used to be with Disney. You would just choose it. See, now now there are parents who don't care. There are parents who, who don't care at all. They curse in front of their kids and other things like that, and maybe they don't care. But the thing is, is that you start to whittle away your audience. Right. See, I don't think there's anybody who says, I wish there were more curse words in the kids movies. I wish Disney would include more curse words in their movies. Nobody's saying that. Right. That doesn't matter because you don't need them. 
Uh, you don't need those in a Marvel movie. You do not need Iron Man saying bad words. You don't need Captain America saying, but you don't need that. And even if you enjoy that and the little banters and the things that they do, uh, the fact is, is that for kids or for parents of little kids, it's, it's not comfortable. It creates a problem for a lot of people. See, and what starts to happen is you start to lose a large part of your audience. You start to lose those parents, which is not a small group of people. All right. You start to lose people in this way. See what I'm saying? See, why do we need sexual themes in the Disney shows? Why do we need to go there at all? Some people don't care. Some people think it ought to be there. But you know what? There's a lot of people who don't. And a lot of kids and a a lot of parents, especially, who don't want that on there. I don't. I don't want to have to have those discussions with my kids because they went to Disneyland or saw a Disney movie. I don't want to do it. See, the original mission for Disney is that it would be a place where parents and children could have fun together. This takes the fun out of it for me. I was talking with somebody here at the station recently, and we said, you know, the thing is, is that Disney movies now, they're just in the same category as a movie from Universal or Paramount or any other group. Is that as a parent, you got to watch for it. you got to see it first. got to see what the themes are. And you have to be concerned. And what's happening to Disney is it's becoming just like the other movie studios. Are you following me here? Very, you know, and we're talking about entertainment. We're talking about things that aren't really that important, but they're a big part of our lives. There are, there are things that we can enjoy, and I don't think that's bad on its own. So the old mission, I think, is what Disney needs to go back to. But they have a current mission. And this is where I think you can find the problem. Okay, you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557. You can call now. Tell us what you think about these things. 888-528-2557. I am curious if you have changed your mind about going to Disneyland, like especially if you are a Disney fan, you know, Disney fanatic. You were one of those people who put the annual pass holder little thing on the back of your car because you wanted everyone to know. Have you changed your mind on that? Or do you have do you have any anxiety now about whether or not you should be supporting that company? I think that there's a ton of it because I hear from you and I hear from uh, people in church. Now, there's some people who they don't see it that way at all. Okay. But there's a lot there. There's enough where I think it is creating attention. And here's where that is. And this is something important. So when I'm talking about this too, I want us to think about us as church people. We have a mission that comes from Jesus and Jesus gave us a mission. How close is what we're actually doing? The mission of the church we're a part of, or the mission that we're just whatever guides us as believers. How close are we to Jesus's mission, the true mission of the church? Or have we skewed it in such a way that we're missing our target audience and we're losing the heart and soul of who we are? See, that's what Disney is afraid of. The current, the old mission of Disney, that it would be a place where parents and children could have fun together, and the movies and everything else would, were an extension of that idea. Children and parents having fun together. That's very simple, and that's the mission. And it's a very simple thing to to address. You put out a movie, you put out a script, you put out a program, TV program, theme park, whatever it is, and you say to yourself, hey, is this something where children and parents are going to have fun together, or are we creating too much anxiety for parents? Or are children not going to have fun? Or are parents not going to have fun because what we're doing is not really good for their kids? See what I'm saying? Here's the current mission of Disney. The mission of the Walt Disney Company is to entertain, inform, and inspire people around the globe through the power of unparalleled storytelling, reflecting the iconic brands, creative minds, and innovative technologies that make ours the world's premier entertainment company. They paid a lot of money for some consultant to write that. Uh, What does it even mean? What does that mean? The the original mission, 
um, a place where parents and kids can have fun. I get that. Everybody understands that. And I think it's really clear. This one, I don't even know what it means. And then also, who's it for? You know who it's for? It's for themselves. We want to be the world's premier entertainment company. That's not attractive to me with my kids. My kids could care less. And as a parent, I could care less. See what I'm saying? 888-528-2557. Shireen in Inglewood. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Hi, Shireen. How are Um, you? I'm doing fabulous. I I really appreciate the caliber of conversation we're having right now because the innocence of kids, it needs to be maintained for a little bit longer. Mm. And the content of movies, it's unfortunate when I am ashamed of the content that both of us are looking at. And like you said, at the end, I probably want to put my hand over their face. I want to put my finger in their ear. I enjoyed movies and shows that I could watch with my grandchildren and with my grandma. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I absolutely Without get what you're saying. Anything. Yeah. And see, that's what Disney was known for, right? You, you could trust that when you go to the movies. Are you still with me, Shereen? I'm still with you. I'm, yeah. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. All right, Shereen. Thank you so much for that comment. I think that that she's exactly right, because it isn't just it isn't just your kids. Right. It's that you could take your parents to that. Right. And you wouldn't sit there and be embarrassed. Now, Disney's not a Christian company. Okay, they're not pretending that they're going to have Christian values or things like that. But there used to be a sense of of morality just generally in the culture. Right. There used to be a sense where there is. You know, the reason that there are ratings in the in the movies, G, are there even any G movies anymore? I don't know. But PG, PG-13, um, you know, are those ratings is because we understand that some things are offensive to some audiences. If you read the thing, that's what it says. You know, PG, parental guidance. People, you know, parents be aware this movie has some language and some scenes that are intense. And it'll tell you kind of what's in there, right? And then, you know, PG-13 became a thing. Because some movies were PG and parents said, not just Christian parents or religious parents, but parents. Parents said, I don't want my kid going to that. It was, you know what movie that was, you remember the movie that that created the stir for PG-13? It was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And I remember this. It came out when I was in the eighth grade. So I, what, what was I, 13? I was 12 or 13, eighth grade, 13, I think. And uh, I remember this. I remember this movie being so controversial, and part of it's because it dealt with kind of the occult, and it had a scene where a guy gets his heart ripped out of his chest, and you know, and and parents were like, "This movie was rated rated PG, and we would like a warning before my kids come home and they're having nightmares and all messed up about it." Right? Parents were upset. In fact, one of my one of my friends, I won't mention his name, but four of us went to go see this movie. And uh, my friend's mom had told had told him he's not allowed to see Indiana Jones. He couldn't go see it, Temple of Doom, because of this controversy. Well, he we didn't know that, his friends, but he went with us anyway. And his mom found out about it, and she showed up right before the movie started and dragged him out of that theater. And 40 years later, we do not let him live that down. It was hilarious. But the parents... <laughs> uh, it was. It's not the same as it once was. It's just... The, 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 there is something in our culture where we understand that there are expectations for kids. There are expectations for some movies to be safe for the family. We used to know what that means. Disney was the brand for that. 
fun for kids and parents. Not anymore. That's what they're losing. And part of it's right there in their mission. I'll get back to that here in just a second. I want to go to the phones. 888-528-2557 is the number. Uh, Joni from Compton, welcome to Southern California Live. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Right, go, I ahead, go ahead, Joni. I was calling because I am chiming in. I love Disney, as, as a matter of fact. Every movie that came out when my children were growing up, I would go buy the video, Yeah, you know, just so they could see them. And I loved them. And we had enjoyable times. But as time progressed, they became more demonic. And, you know, they became more sexual, as you said. And it's like, I can't believe this is what they're going into. And then as as a uh, company... They also are part of Dancing with the Stars. Well, Dancing with the Stars, when it first started off, you could watch it with your whole entire family. Now there's so much gyrating and so much sexual (laughs) innuendo that I don't even watch it anymore. Yeah, people don't realize that that's a Disney. I think a lot of people know, but it's a Disney company, right? They don't usually put their Disney name on it, but that's part of the the company. And I think that's, that's some of it, right, is that. The core of the company, even with the things that weren't related to Disneyland, was mm-hmm. about fun for kids and their parents. With with children first. Children was the idea. Exactly. And, uh, and that. Yeah, and that's ended. So thank you for that. I think you're you're right about that. See, and, and here's what I wonder about. I wonder, do the Disney executives know this? Is there somebody on the Disney board who last Sunday night was saying? I can't take my kids to Disney movies, Disney, you know, and I can't this entertainment part of our company or these things that we're doing in the political world. They are turning off parents. They are turning off kids. Not all the parents, not all the some people support us doing these things. Okay, but they've lost the vision of where Walt's vision, where parents and children could have fun together. That's it. Instead, they have this new very corporate mission to entertain, inform, and inspire people around the globe through the power of unparalleled storytelling, reflecting iconic brands, creative minds, and innovative technologies. And they're, they're very corporate, very much away from the kids. I'm going to take a break. I'll be back for your calls. But here's something. Here's a place where I'm going to take it. I'll get into the Disney mission, and we'll save Disney here for a minute. But I want us also to think about the church, because how are there some ways in the church where we also are not connecting with our primary audience, which, by the way, is unbelievers, right? The, the actual audience is un- the church exists for the sake of the people who aren't there yet. I mean, it exists for us to build us up, but it builds up the church and it edifies the church. and We build each other up for the sake of others who aren't in the church yet. Have we lost that, too? We'll talk about that when we get back. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live and uh, Hukuna Matata. No worries. That's not the uh, theme song that they're singing at Disney today, who just fired their CEO last Sunday. Um, and it's because, according to the LA Times, that the board is afraid that they are losing the heart and soul of the company. And we've been talking about that um, a little bit and uh, what that means. And I'll get into that a little bit more. And in the background of this, though, I want you to think about, as a church, have we lost the heart and soul of what the church is about? You know, it's easy to uh, take a look, you know, I think as a parent, as a, as a parent, 
maybe for you as a grandparent and some of you are on the line, I'll get your call here in just a second. Uh, I think for us, we get what's wrong with Disney. We're asking, we're saying that Disney now is the same as the other movie companies, that it's no longer just safe to send your kids. I think that regular parents, most parents agree (laughs) that the heart and soul of Disney is lost. I'm not sure that the Disney executives actually get it. We'll have to see. 888-528-2557 is the number. Uh, Is it Javita from Hawthorne? Uh, Yes. Yes, it's it's Javita. Hi, hi, Javita. Uh, Hi. Um, I'm really, really thankful for this uh, subject that you are talking today because it is a a very important, uh, you know, to teach uh, our kids about the Disney movies. Um, I was uh, uh, exposed to the to the Disney. I mean, a lot of people are not gonna like what I'm gonna say, but Disney it's been known for sending subliminal message and doing movies that is not really. If you think about it, you study uh, deep the movies. They are very horrible movies and. I thank God that uh, one of the pastors on 1998 opened our eyes and, and told us and say, be careful with your kids. This is what the uh, Disney movies are doing. They put it on the uh, on the movies. And <clears throat> so uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm very thankful that you are talking about that. It's just like a, amazing. And I'm Thank God for that. Well, thank you, Javita. Thank you very much for calling. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. A few years ago, Disney did get in some serious trouble for um, having some artistry in a couple of their movies and one on a movie box of, uh, I don't know what to say, X-rated stuff. (laughs) And I don't know if that's one guy who did it or if it's part of the, the culture, but there's also been part of the culture that has kind of been moving this way, I think, for a long time at Disney. And that's why I think that just changing the CEO or going back to the guy who was the guy in charge of the last 15 years maybe is not an indication that they really understand where parents are coming from. And and this is the thing. If it's the original mission of Disney was to create things that were fun for parents and children. That was Walt's vision, parents and children. And in doing that, you don't do things that are going to turn off half the parents or a large part of the, you know, ter- make parents or grandparents in a situation where they're not going to take their kids and that's kind of what happened. So the current the current vision, mission statement, I should say, of the Walt Disney Company is to entertain, inform, and inspire people around the globe through the power of unparalleled storytelling, reflecting the iconic brands, creative minds, and innovative technologies that make ours the world's premier entertainment company. So we talked about how some consultant wrote that. And uh, let me go into this, you know, entertain. It's funny to me that part of their mission is to entertain. Uh, That's like a restaurant having a mission that says to feed. You're an entertainment company. You shouldn't have the word entertain. You know, they paid somebody millions of dollars who obviously knows more than I do. But I'm just saying, if in your mission you have to be reminded to uh, entertain, uh, that's a weird word, I think, for an entertainment company. Of course, you're going to entertain. Obviously, otherwise nobody goes. It's not distinctive. You're just like anyone else, all right? Um, but the thing is, is that it used to be, it used to be they did a better job at that, and that's something that's declining. Have you been to the parks lately? Uh, I haven't been now for a couple of years, and the last time I went, you know, granted it was shortly after the COVID ended, and there were still some COVID things, and it was weird. 
And but I've heard this from other people recently who've been down there. You know, Disneyland used to be the Chick-fil-A of amusement parks, right? It was a very different experience than if you went to Knott's or Magic Mountain. And, and I'm not criticizing those two companies, but there is an ethos of Disney that was so much better. It was cleaner. People were nicer. The employees were friendly. And it was entertaining in a much better way. Well, have you been lately? It used to be such a step above going to Six Flags, right? Um, not anymore, People were rude. Employees were rude. People weren't engaged. Customer service was gone. I mean, we had fun, but not as much fun as before. And I don't know that we're really going to go back. The next word in the vision is inform. And this, I worry about this. You know, Disney's become this huge conglomerate. Okay, they have so many things. They own ABC. They also own ESPN. Did you know that? Uh, they own ESPN. They own National Geographic now. This company's a monster. All right. Um, it's huge. This is a huge company. I, you know, and I understand the informed part. You have ESPN, you have National Geographic, you've got ABC, there's a news division, there's other things, okay, about information, that's fine. But I think what people worry about is that there's an agenda in that information, and you see it on ESPN. I hate watching sports, and suddenly there's some political agenda of any side. I just hate it. I want, it's a pastime. I just want to go and watch the game. I don't want to hear somebody tell me why some politician is a bad person. I just, I just can't do it. Um, that happens. And that's the agenda stuff that's killing them. I listen to the Southern California Live. We're talking about um, the Disney troubles that are in the news, that's in the news today as they fired their CEO and how the LA Times is saying they've lost the heart and soul of the company, or that's what the board is worried about. 888-528-2557. Have you changed your mind about Disney? Is this a, is this something where you have seen as a parent um, or as a Disney consumer uh, a change? And I want to go through this mission because then I'm going to ask the question about us in the church, okay? The same thing. The LA Times today wrote this about uh, one of the most controversial things that Disney did last year. The former CEO, Bob Chapik, he brought in a former um, executive. His name is Jeff Morrell, is the new communications and government relations chief. And Morrell was a former Pentagon press secretary who also worked as a journalist at ABC News, okay, part of the Disney company. All right, right there, there's something about that that tells me you're bringing in a guy who has a very limited worldview. He's from Washington, and he's from the the higher echelon of big corporations, okay? And you're asking this person to be the head of communications and government relations. Right there, you see the problem, okay? He tried to manage the company's response last year to Florida's – this surprises me. This is what the L.A. Times says. The L.A. Times says, quote, he tried to manage the company's response to Florida's parental rights and education law. Do you know what that is? You don't because they normally don't tell you what that is. I'm shocked that the LA Times actually reported this correctly. He tried to manage the company's response to Florida's parental rights and education law, which critics derisively nicknamed the Don't Say Gay legislation. Okay, I'm su- First, I'm surprised that the LA Times got that right. Um, it's not Don't Say Gay. What it was was parental rights. And parents were saying, we don't want our kids, third grade and younger, eight years old and younger, to have any sex ed at all. Don't do it. That's what that that was about. Um, Well, Disney decided to get involved in that, and that was the thing that they did. So L.A. Times reported this today. After weeks of staying silent on the legislation, the former CEO, Chapek, reversed course and condemned the bill. And what he did was hand Florida Governor Ron DeSantis a win. The governor blasted Disney, saying that Florida would not bend to a woke company. And then DeSantis moved to have Disney's special self-governing status near Orlando revoked. Now... If you don't know what that is, if you've ever been to Disney World out there in Florida, it's amazing. 
Well, part of the reason it's amazing is because Walt went out there and he made a deal with Florida that said, hey, if I move the new Disney to Florida, uh, you're going to let us govern ourselves. And that's what happened. And in what was this um, uh, this group or this place uh, in Orlando, Disney owns it. Disney was able to collect taxes and provide for its own emergency services and everything in that 39-square-mile footprint of Disney World in Orlando. Amazing. Well, they lost that. They lost that because they decided to get political on an issue that affects kids. They decided to go against what most parents think. And most parents, whether you're right or left, Democrat, Republican, most parents think that that kind of stuff needs to not be taught to little kids. This is this company was about little kids. And suddenly they're in favor of a, a uh, or against legislation that's meant to protect little kids and support the parents, they went against their own customers. And the LA Times says that uh, this guy pulled off something that very few people could have done. He managed to offend both the DeSantis MAGA crowd and also the civil civil liberties crowd. <laughs> and it was handled so badly that he alienated both communities. And uh, this government relations guy and communications guy only lasted three months. And here's the reason. He was in a bubble, right? The bubble of Washington. Very few people, you know, agreed with the the far left agenda, the very far left agenda, okay, that people in Washington seem to think uh, is okay, like having drag, st- drag queen story time for kids. Most people aren't on that page. Some people are, but most people aren't. And when Disney appears to be on the wrong side of that, they lose parents all across the board. And that's what's been happening. You know, they then they want to be the world's premier entertainment company. That's not a mission. That's a result of having the right mission. They became that at one point by sticking with the first mission that they were going to be a company where what they did was fun for kids and parents together. They need to go back to that. It would save Disney if they went back to something that is fun for kids and parents together. Now, they might offend a very small number of people who don't like kids for doing that. But I think most people would be fine with that. It would help them. Now, let me point this finger back at us in the church. Do we sometimes want to be the world's premier church, the best church in the world? Do we see our congregations or maybe the way we see faith as the the right way to do it and everyone else is wrong and ours is better than yours and competing against each other? Are we doing things in the church that narrow down our audience? Because that's what Disney is doing. Whether you agree with Disney or not, they have entered into the fray of things that have divided Americans. And what that has done from the business standpoint is it's divided the number of clients, the number of customers they might have. What is it that we are to do as a church? See, I think we can learn something watching Disney struggle here. What's the mission of the church? What are we supposed to be doing? What do we need to go back to? You know, the mission of the church, we'll talk about that when we get back. I got to take a break. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition of Southern California Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. It's good to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. And, uh, you know, we're talking about Disney. It's in the news because Disney fired their CEO over the weekend, Sunday night. And uh, it was a surprise. I read in the uh, L.A. Times that some of the executives were at the Elton John concert at Dodger Stadium 
getting you know their emails and texts on their phone about it and thought they'd been hacked. They were very surprised about this. But the LA Times reported that the board, the Disney board, was concerned that Disney was losing the heart and soul of the company. And I think that that's correct. I'm not sure that they're understanding that. But what we've been talking about this hour is staying on the the mission, understanding who our customer is, understanding what it is that we are really here to do. And I've wondered, we're watching this Disney go through this. I hope that, uh, you know, as a parent, as somebody who's grown up going to Disneyland and always enjoyed Disney movies that we just heard the uh, Bare Necessities, Jungle Book's my favorite movie, my favorite Disney movie. I actually watched it twice in the theater as a kid, like in the same sitting. We were like five minutes late to the movie. And I remember sitting there with my sister, a little kid up front, the movie ended, and I walked up you know, to where my parents were sitting. For some reason, we were in this age where we wanted to sit right in the front, right right up there, and it's just all in your face and your neck hurts, but it doesn't matter as a kid. Well, you know, I understand now as, uh, you know, my why my dad and mom would sit in the back because you're dying if you sit up there as, as <laughs> you wouldn't be able to move your neck for three days. They'd have to wheel you out of there if you sat in the front row now. So they're sitting in the back. I remember walking back there and my dad said, you want to watch it again? Yeah. And we sat through it twice. I don't know if that means we stole it or what happens, you know, but the, I think the morality of that in the theater today would be wrong. But back then, I think people did that. I think that was like you paid your ticket, you got in. If you want to sit here all day, that's fine. And anyway, I love that movie. That day is gone. The day where I would even send my kids to a Disney movie without checking it out myself, it's over. Just like I would any other studio. And I'm sorry to say that there are things in it that I might say to my kids and have said to my kids, frankly, that, uh, nope, we're not going to watch that. There's things that that have been recent that we're just not going to watch it. Um, Even if I think my kids are mature enough to handle it, it's like, nope, not supporting that. This is what's happened. It's easy to sort of take a look and to watch this. But I'm wondering, you know, as a as Christians here, you know, I think we should when we take a look at these things, we see them playing out in the news. I wonder as Christians if we get off our mission, which certainly we do. Churches do that. It's very easy. It's easy to have. It's called mission drift, where you forget that you had an original mission, and that's really why you exist. Disney's original mission was to create something that would be fun for both parents and children together. Um, And that was Walt's vision for the company. And now you have a corporate mission that's about uh, entertaining, informing, and inspiring people around the globe through the power of unparalleled storytelling. I fixed. Here's how to fix the Disney vision. You ready? Uh, Reflecting the iconic brands, creative minds, and innovative technologies that make ours the world premier entertainment company. That's what they can do. If they would just put bippity-boppity-boo at the end of it, it would be great. But uh, Because it would bring it back to fun. But that vision statement is horrible. It's not fun. And so here's the question for you. 888-528-2557. Does the church get off its mission? Is the church in America off, off point? Have we missed this? Are we in a bubble that we are concerned about reaching a certain type of person who really isn't the type of person that we were meant to reach? Are we turning away people who need to know the love of mercy and mercy of Christ because we're so focused on whatever this group of people, you know, typically it's, it's Christians, right? Sometimes we're so focused on reaching other Christians that we forgot that actually the end, of, the end game is to reach the non-believer. Here's a challenging question for you. You ready for this? Here's a ch- this is, a, I think, a challenging question 
for any any believer, anybody who's been a Christian, especially for a few years, okay? Do you have any non-Christian friends? It's, um, for my ministry career, I've taught a, a principle of discipleship. I've talked about it on the show before called the Oikos Principle, and it's been developed by several people, but uh, I got it from Tom Mercer, who's the pastor of High Desert Church. Hello, Tom. And uh, the Oikos principle is that everybody's got an Oikos, about 8 to 15 people in your relational world. Those are the people where you're going to make disciples. Those are the people who uh, you have influence over. Those are the people who are going to listen to you if you actually have a chance to share your faith. Those are the people who might actually ask you to share your faith. They're also the people who know whether or not you're serious about your faith because they see your life. They see what you're like at work or they see what you're like at school or they see what you're like on a regular basis. They know, like if you could go on TV and tell the world about Jesus Christ, there's a handful of people who know whether or not you're serious or not, who are who are either saying, yep, that's what he actually believes, or they're shaking their head going, you know, she doesn't believe that. Uh, that's your oikos, okay? And that's where discipleship is. And one of the, the key things here is some people that are in your relational world, they're Christians, okay? And you're either going to help them grow in their faith or they're going to help you grow, and that's how it should work. But there should be some people in your relational world that are not Christians. There should be some people that you are praying for and investing in and and caring about and helping them and meeting their needs and loving them in a practical way who aren't Christians. Just for the sake that Jesus told you to love everybody, just for the sake that people, you know, that, that that's what you're you're meant to do. But also, you when you're with somebody who's not a Christian, you know, you have an opportunity to be the light, to to be there for them when they decide they want to know. And maybe they don't. Maybe they'll ask that question of somebody else one day, but at least they have a good example in you. See, how many of us as believers have decided that all of our friends are going to be Christians and everybody we hang out with is Christian and we have stopped knowing who the Christians are or the non-believers are? And I'm saying this because I think that sometimes the church in a simple way has forgot that our mission is to make disciples. Sometimes we think our mission is to have a really good Sunday. Our mission is to have really good music, really good preaching, really good facility, really, you know, that makes me feel really good, draws me closer to the Lord, helps me grow in my faith and all this stuff. But we forget that, you know, all that stuff is fine, by the way. All that stuff is great, but only it's only good if it is a means to the end of sharing the gospel. If it's something that we can leverage so that we actually make disciples, see, and we make disciples of who? Jesus, not us. I think that's another one, just to be frank about it, right? Sometimes we make disciples of us. You got to uh, dress the way we drew, do and vote the way we do and do all these other things the way we do. And if you do that, then maybe Jesus will listen to you. That's not the gospel. I think that we as believers need to pay attention to this. And I'm wondering about this for Thanksgiving coming up. You know, you may have people who are family who aren't believers. Are you prepared to have a spiritual conversation if that comes up? If you go around the table and you say, let's talk about something we're thankful for. um, There's a couple of areas of tension with that, isn't there? If you have people in your family or your friends who come over who aren't believers, the first area, and maybe you don't notice it, but the first area is Thanksgiving is religious. Who are you giving thanks to, actually? Well, you can't really give thanks to the earth. You can't really give thanks. You know, it doesn't mean anything. It's, Thanksgiving is about God. Whether you, you acknowledge that or not, it is. So there's a tension that's there. There's also a tension of, you know, are you going to say grace? 
Do you thank God? What do you do around here? And, you know, my where I'm getting at with this is have we lost the ability to relate to the non-believer so that we're not offended when they ask really hard questions or when they say, you know what, I'm reading in the newspaper, just like Disney, um, who's lost the heart and soul. I wonder if the church is no longer what the church is meant to be. You know, I hear this all the time from people who aren't believers. Some of you have called, you know, and you've said, you know, it seems to me that the church is about money or it's about you know, entertainment, or it's about a social club, or about all these things. I understand why you think that. Um, what I want you to know is that it isn't. That there might be some Christians who spend too much time focused on that because of the pressures of running church, or because we've been in church so long that we forgot. And sometimes it's because we just don't have relationships with people who aren't believers after a while. We need to have relationships with people who aren't believers. We need to have a relationship and understand where people are coming from. You know what happens when that happens? Our churches get better. Our ministries get better because we realize something. We realize that the purpose of the church is not just to create a great place for Christians to come and hang out. That the purpose of the church, the church exists for the benefit of people who are not yet in the church. That's why we exist. We exist for the benefit of people who aren't in the church. That's our mission. And when we're focused on that, the church gets really good. The church ends up doing a lot more outreach. It does a lot more serving people. It does a lot more meeting people's needs. It does a lot more concern about, it has a lot more concern and action for people who are really struggling, for people who are in a bad place. We look at the world today. I was reading in the LA Times, this crazy thing where 89% of people in Los Angeles think that the new mayor, Karen Bass, should be able to cut homelessness in half in the first two years of her term or else she faces recall. And I thought, who thinks that? I mean, I hope that happens. That would be great. We want to root for her. But if she does things the same way that we're doing it now, she's not going to cut it in half. It's going to be worse. And the problem isn't because of her. It's because of the wrong philosophy. There are better philosophies for taking care of homelessness. We've talked about that before on the show. For Christians, you know what? If we're not successful, then we need to go back to what works. What works is loving people the way Jesus did. What works is being concerned about the things that Jesus is concerned about. In the same way that Disney would do well for itself to go back and focus on doing the things that have children and parents have fun together, their original mission, that would save that company, by the way. What saves the church is when we go back to the Great Commission, to making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. And by the way, we don't do that by ourselves. Jesus does it with us. That's the next thing he says. And, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's a promise from the Lord. I hope that's helpful in your walk. We're going to take a break. Next hour, we'll talk about Thanksgiving. What's an awkward conversation that you might have on Thanksgiving? We can share that here in just a minute. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition of SoCal Live continues. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.